All right. Hello and welcome back. This is Colin Keeley. And I'm Brent Sanders. And we are the co-founders of uh, Avocado. It's an audio publishing platform. And this is, we don't have to go through it, but I think it's like our fifth episode doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Number five. Number five. So every week we basically publicly have our weekly call and we probably talk every day in some way, shape or form over Slack or phone call, but we decided this is a, a good way to kind of build in public and, you know, have our sort of weekly status between two of us, what's going on with the product. So for context, I'm the sort of technical co-founder. So working on the product for the most part and Colin's working on all sorts of outbound sales, having creator conversations and uh, I'm hopping into those as well, but using this as a, an opportunity to just talk about what's going on with the company, talk about our, um, you know, trials, tribulations, things we're running into and, and what's going on with us. We haven't really talked about why we're doing the podcast. I think there's value in like building community and maybe I'm stealing this from Basecamp, but I really like the idea of like just turning the exhaust that you're producing as a company because we're going to have these calls either way and just making it public. <laughs> and so it's like just interesting content to be out there in the world. Yeah, I mean, we're, um, we're big fans of, I, I feel like we've never had an hour long meeting uh, in, in the entire span of working together. And, and just for reference, you know, we were at this for probably, you know, since the beginning of this year. So now it's, it's November. So it's been almost a year and, you know, our sort of internal culture is you know, very, it's remote first. I think we talked about last week I, uh, because of COVID. I, I, I saw you once on my rooftop uh, maybe three months ago, but I really haven't seen you. You know, a lot of the, the genesis of this business was grabbing lunch, talking about audio, talking about building something deciding to do it and then COVID hit and it's like Colin and, and Brent basically only exist over Zoom and Slack and you know phone calls. So it's it's actually a really good way, I think, but people that are interested in, in doing this themselves understand uh, what it actually looks like. I think that one thing I'd love to see uh, somebody get out of this podcast or out of this, you know, publishing these calls is like know that there's nothing special going on. <laughs> There's nothing uh, that they can't do. And it's, and it's attainable. Like I really feel like a lot of people think they can't start their own business. They can't. Uh, there's, there's something more intricate going on, but uh, the goal is to sort of open source this and let people see what are the actual decisions and in, inner workings and how it, it happens and give them confidence to do it themselves. Yeah. The whole process is messy. Like uh, we both have, quite a bit of experience in doing this kind of thing. And it'll be fun to look back on when it's all sorted out and Avocado is a huge company and a lot of people are building their businesses on it. Like this is what it was like in the early days. They, they were yeah. just like bumbling around as well. Yeah. I wouldn't call this bumbling around. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, we are looking constantly looking at, you know, every week it's a different segment. Every week it's a, you know, a different problem that we're having to solve or a different thing that we're doing. So, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I, I guess we should maybe touch on it. Like this was the week of the election. How are you doing? Yeah, doing okay. I mean, keep, keeping my head out of the, the, the screen, really like my nose off my phone and not doing the doom scrolling, doing my best to just focus on what I'm actually like, almost just staying distracted. I, I check in once, you know, right when I wake up, I grab my phone, read the headlines, see what's going on. It seems like as of right now, things have been leading towards Biden and uh, there's a lot of vote counting. And then, you know, you read the headlines and there's a lot of, uh, I've noticed a lot of the the news are, are, I read BBC news. I don't know why I decided BBC is a great source, but they've, they've started 
everything that, that Trump says about the uh, vote counting, everything is preempted with, it's unsubstantiated. There's no evidence that he's provided, which, um, you know, no, this isn't a, a political podcast. This is a, a business one, but it, it's, that's all the tidbits that I'm getting is uh, just a couple, couple minutes a day reading, you know, what's on, on the news sites. And then I will dip a toe in Twitter, but I've, I've really cut my time back on Twitter way back this week. Yeah, I'm somewhat similar. Like uh, election night, I watched it kind of on mute. And I was like, I'm just not getting anything out of this. They basically know nothing. So I'm just going to go mm-hmm. to bed. And then I, I've been pretty good. Like I'm on Twitter a lot, but I also mute a lot of keywords. So I mute a lot of politics stuff, a lot of sports stuff. So it is more mm-hmm. tech focused. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not like a, a person of vice. I don't have like a compulsive personality, but I definitely get drawn into this politics stuff and read too much about it. So I try to stay away as much as possible. Yeah, that's, that's been the game. That's, I mean, uh, my sense is like everybody thought there was going to be a civil war. Uh, Hopefully there's not going to be, you know, hopefully everyone, it seems like everyone's willing to respect the process and count all the votes and see where the chips fall. And I feel like so far we're on a good path and it doesn't seem like there's, you know, it, it is illuminating, though. I would say is the biggest turnout, I believe, um, and it's the closest it's ever been, which is such a reflection of the nation right now. It's like everyone's kind of split. So my hope is, in the next, I don't know, two years, is that we start to see some sort of like either a new party, which I doubt will happen because it's, these two parties are so powerful, but like some sort of bridging the gap. I just wish there was a little bit more uh unity going on it just seems like it's very very polarized yeah it seems like it can't be like this forever but it has been like this forever so who knows yeah um so i guess uh, back to what we've been working on this week i reached out to a bunch of audible creators and i have Mm. a, a big list as well built up for next week to continue doing it Um, So I have a few self-published creators that it looks like they're going to come on the platform. We've been opening up the language to be more inclusive of these like other audio products. So that was a bit of a thing this week. And so I've been like diving deeper into this self-publishing world of audiobooks. It sounds like we were talking a little bit before this call that it borrowed a lot of like the kind of egregious activity that's in the music industry. So these Audible creators self-publish Audible, or which is now Amazon take 70% and they've actually been pushing this uh, return feature or exchange feature. So the consumer has up to a year, 365 days to return a title for any reason. And then they don't have to pay the creators and they were hiding this in the sales data. So it's not like it's a separate column. It's just, you get your, you know, subtracted out of your sales and you never know this is happening. Unless you cut way back on like all marketing spend and then you can start getting your numbers negative and actually see it. So oh, creators wow. are pissed. Uh, they don't love it and they haven't really had a, a good alternative. So that, this makes it much more interesting, I think, for that segment. It seems really weird that they would allow this, right? Because, you know, if you were, you know, grew up before, you know, digital formats, you bought a CD, you bought a, a game or a movie and you open the package, that was it. You know, you went to best, even even the most forgiving of, of retail stores that really would take anything on digital media or I should say hard media like CDs, you know, if you pop that package open, you could have copied it and just returned it. So it was just like a hard line. You've opened the packaging for some, it was like consumed and that was it. You cannot return it. It's funny that 
going further in the digital realm that they would reverse that and say, hey, you know, if you didn't like it or you want something else, I, I wonder why that, you know, I wonder if this has anything to do with, I do know that there was a, uh, I feel like there was a class action with Audible and I'm, I'm just remembering this and I probably should you know, research it, but I, I do feel like there was something with like, similar to any of these companies that have rollover, like, hey, you're gonna get a credit every month and maybe after a year the credits were expiring or something and they had to, I know I was given some credits because I was a big fan of Audible for many years. Um, so I'm wondering if it has something to do with that or was part of that settlement. Uh, th so this actually, like it's internally consistent in my mind with Amazon's customer focus. So it's right. from the customer's perspective, they get more for their value, right? Mm -hmm. And they could do returns or exchanges whenever and get the next audiobook. So Amazon has kind of always taken the customer side and try to commoditize suppliers. And this is just an extension of that to me. They're just squeezing suppliers because they can, because they're Amazon. Yeah, I think that's right. That's really consistent putting it in that, in that frame um, from an e-commerce perspective of like, hey, we'll take anything back if you don't want your... Yeah, so I guess, I guess that's just the Amazonification of the audio market, which to me, I feel like there's an opportunity. I feel like we've, you know, for creators, I mean, we have all the same things that you can do in Audible, right? From a feature perspective, which is where my mind goes, it's just a matter of getting, um, you know, your ability to like chop five for your audio courses. So if you're a creator and you're, you're on Audible, uh, think about putting your product. I, is there exclusivity on Audible? Like if you had a, a book on Audible, could you sell it yourself through your, your own website or your um, avocado storefront? So it's up to them. Some people opt into like enormous commitments. So you could be tied up with Amazon for seven years if you commit to certain Whoa. things. But that way you make slightly more as a percentage of your sales or you could stay freelance and like keep your options open and then you don't make as much, but you could hop over to avocado and take hundred percent or something like that. So I'm still yeah. trying to figure out how best to target these people that aren't tied to publishers or anything like that. Yeah. Interesting. I, I think of it going back to the analogy you made around the music industry. I think of it as like the music industry is largely like releasing albums unless you're platinum albums, you know, you're aren't, you aren't really making money. The, the labels find a way to charge you back. You know, they'll give you a, a fair amount of uh, an advance if you're a star or something, but they'll find a way to call that money back um, with marketing costs and you know, tour support, which is great. But the reality of the, the music industry in the post Napster <laughs> era is you got a tour to make money. And so it's almost like a marketing cost. It's like you go into the uh, you go into the studio and you release that album and you're putting your new songs out. So people are, you know, you're getting promoted by your label and then you make your money out on the road and selling merch and, you know, tickets. And I wonder if it's a similar space where it's, you know, you're really putting the book out in order to be doing speaking or some other piece. I wonder if that's a similar way that, that the, you know, both writing and, and audiobook publishing world works. Yeah, and both of them are, I think, dying for good reason because you could go direct to your audience nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a no-brainer. But yeah, so you know, in terms of looking at at audiobooks as a market or something that um, you know we'd like to get people on our platform on, on avocado on avocado audio and putting their storefront. Like, what do you think the pitch is, and like, how have the conversations gone so far? They're intrigued. So the issue with 
some of these authors are like, what is this instructor language? What is this course language? I have right. an audiobook. So we're transitioning that over, which should be, I mean, it's not a lot of work, I guess. It, that, no, what are we, find and replace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, are, like, what are we missing for having that first? So we have a lot of creators that are like, this is their fourth channel or something for selling their digital product. And they don't put a lot of you know, marketing power behind it. But what do we need to get that first creator that sells you know, $10,000 worth of content in a week or $100,000 in a month? I think the biggest thing we're missing is, so some of these creators have big email lists. You could push it that way. Or most of them make their money on like Facebook ads for these info mm. products. So they're flying a little blind with our product. We don't have Facebook integration, Facebook pixel integration, or like Google Analytics integration yet. So I think those would be the, the obvious ones we're missing. And then otherwise, we're pretty much there. Yeah, I think we can get that stuff added this next week. So this week worked on a feedback system. So if you listen, when you finish an audio course on Avocado, you'll get an email saying, hey, how did you like the course? And it just goes to a straightforward form. You can get a, put a rating in, um, you know, basically a scale from one to five, and then just free form, give us your thoughts. Um, and then we email that. We record it and then email that back on to the, the creators so they can get the feedback. And, you know, th there's a sense of, um, you know, we, we have had, I think we talked about on the, the podcast, we do have discussions on the app, but I think we're, we're going to send those away. I think this is a better way to start a dialogue. Like, obviously, it depends on what your, your audio product is, but I, I do feel like feedback is... And, and by the way, this is private feedback. This is like direct to the creator. It's not going on, you know, our marketplace and, you know, you're not going to be punished if it, if it's not good. I mean, you have an opportunity to reach out to the, um, you know, the listener and make it right or, you know, deal with the feedback. So that's now uh, live as of today and uh, we'll see how that goes. But I do think that, you know, adding Facebook and, and, um, Google Analytics integration is a good call. Like we can definitely add that stuff this next week. And I, you know, especially if somebody already has the tooling set up where they, you know, they know what their funnel looks like, just adding it to Avocado should be straightforward. I mean, it's just a matter of, in my mind, adding, you know, giving them fields to add their pixels and putting those into our pages. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be helpful, right? It's like being able to understand, um, you know, you can do the same thing on Shopify, which I think is our guiding light for a lot of features, right? It's like Shopify has it. Why wouldn't you need it for at least like the built, sorry, the base Shopify installation. So, you know, have a checkout process, have a cart, have, be able to, you know, print labels in, in a way, or at least like understand fulfillments. And like, obviously it's a digital project product. We don't have to deal with a lot of the, the shipping stuff, but I think looking at their product, it's, you know, obviously much, much, much further along, but, um, you know, looking to that as like for feature parity is, is a good way to look at our roadmap. Yeah. Like the core of the product to me, for us is like the monetization, the features, the marketing features, and then like the, the playing or distribution features, mm -hmm. the other stuff like community, uh, we're just never going to be as good as like circle or Slack or Facebook groups. So I think re realistically for us, it's some like integration that makes it easier to get the people that buy your course on us to have also uploaded to, you know, whatever they're using for community. Yeah. I think it was a mistake to build that so early. I think we could have cut that off because it wasn't super easy to build, right? It definitely had to stick some time into, you know, it, it's basically a threaded comment system 
Well, cool. Yeah, I feel like that's, you know, the, the feedback and the naming are the two big things uh, this week. And then next week, let's let's get the, the Facebook and, and analytics stuff uh, plugged in. I feel like it's just a matter of allowing people to put in their snippets, you know, put in their, their pixels for the different stages of our checkout process. Yeah, I, I think that will go really far. And I'll just it's a lot of like keeping on top of people, like they seem to run into some issue. Like we have had maybe, I don't know, 10 instructors sign up this week and they'll look at like uploading and it's like, what is this course thing? And then they just exit out. So I just try to stay on top of them and uh, like every day or two ping them and be like, Hey, anything I could do to help. Um, it's just like a super manual process to get that first customer, which is why they're worth $10 million. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, first customer worth quite a bit. I mean, we had Jackie on the podcast with Theory of Me and in speaking with her, it sounds like she's now that um, she's used the platform a little bit, she's also transitioning Theory of Me to have like a, a public facing course. So normally, as we talked about on the podcast, she basically does, uh, because of COVID, a remote in-person session. I shouldn't say in-person, a remote sort of Zoom session with her her audience and then supplements with audio course uh, material. And then uh, sounds like she's going to now combine and improve the recording. So, you know, people at home can just purchase her course and, you know, she has her storefront. So she already has that as, as a feature, but it's something that it sounds like she's gonna be taking advantage of. So we'll have, you know, a little bit more coverage there and increase the, uh, the catalog size. So excited to see that happen. Yeah. It, so I kind of touched on it that this first customer is worth 10 million. I think it's worth talking about a little bit more and all credit to Eric Jorgensen. He wrote this nice post on it. He is the author of the Naval Manac, Almanac and mm -hmm. Naval. It's really good. And I think everyone should probably read, but his idea is that that first customer, like the LTV is you know minimal kind of inconsequential. But if you look at the enterprise value of a company before you have a customer, it's basically zero and it doesn't matter. But after you have that first customer, the enterprise value, if you're like a YC company or a startup is potentially around $10 million. And maybe that's not fair because you can't sell it for that price, but it is like your pre-money valuation when you go out to raise money. A theoretical value. Right. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I just think I love that way of thinking about it. It's like, if you think about it rationally as like purely LTV, it never makes sense to spend so much time in this first customer, but if you think about it as your like incremental enterprise value, you should spend all the time in the world to make those first customers successful. Yeah, agreed. Which is, you know, why we're hopping on calls with, you know, as many as we can. And if they need features, I mean, we're, we're looking at anything that we can do to, to set ourselves apart and make them happy. Absolutely. Um, anything else you wanted to cover? No, I think that's it. I feel like we, we cover everything for the, the election week. Yeah, it should be an interesting week. Hopefully we find out the outcome. I, it's got to be today from everything I've been reading on Twitter this morning. But we'll see. All right. Uh, so anyway, take care. Until next week. Yeah, thanks for listening.